0: Hello and welcome to the Convenience Mix podcast, brought to you by ConvenienceStore.co.uk, Lumen Intelligence and The Grocer. Every four weeks, our experts will be dissecting the key trends impacting the UK convenience retail sector, sharing exclusive insight on the latest news coverage straight to your ears. Whether you work on a shop floor or in a head office, this podcast will provide you with actionable insights and best-in-class examples from across a thriving convenience sector. As always, please don't forget to subscribe via Apple or Spotify so you don't miss an episode. My name is Aidan Fortune, editor of ConvenienceStore.co.uk. And as always, I'm joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Blonnie Whist, Insight Director at Lumen Intelligence. Hi, Aidan. And just to mix it up this episode, instead of our regular co-host, Ronan Hegarty, this month we have Lindsay Cambridge, retail reporter at The Grocer. Welcome to the Convenience Mix, Lindsay. Hi, Aiden. In this episode, we'll be looking at technology within convenience. We'll be discussing the benefits of embracing it, the barriers that might exist for retailers, and how it can help you sell more, and what role does it play in the future of the sector? To help give us some insight on the issue, I spoke to Richard Inglis. Richard is director of Parkview Retail Limited and runs three welcome stores in Southampton. Richard also writes a regular technology blog for conveniencestore.co.uk, so he's an expert in all things tech. Richard, welcome to the Convenience Mix podcast. So tell us about some of the technical innovations that you've introduced to your stores.
1: Oh, we've we've induced quite a lot over the last few years. Um, everything from starting with self service tills, um, all the way down to um, using Google Forms for staff training. Um, and free Wi-Fi for customers. I mean, honestly, it's it's a huge part of our business now. And what sparked these introductions? Um, I think it was oh uh, many years ago. I just sat back and looked and thought I've been using spreadsheets to run my business for many years. Um, and as we expanded as a business we got from one shop to two shops to three shops and it started to become really hard to manage all the spreadsheets um, move the paperwork around um, and even just get all my guys to sort of enter into my spreadsheets so together with my ops manager ben we sort of really had a harsh look at how we were doing our business and thought you know how can we do the same thing but better and smarter and we just we reevaluated and as time's gone on, we started off with one change, it's become another, and honestly, it's become a bit obsessive over the last few years about just, you know, we, we talk about how we can save minutes and days, and that really starts to sort of be our little ethos about how we can improve our business, and that is really what's driven it. It's getting time back, basically, for us.
0: And is that the main benefit you've seen from all this?
1: Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's it's hard because when people say, well, what was your cost savings? For some of the, the technology things we introduced, like, for example, the say self-serve tills has been a direct cost benefit. So it's really very clear for other things. It's, you know, it's about having better data, sales data for the business, which is hard to put a value on. It doesn't necessarily have a A monetary value, but I can access information about my business at my fingertips, clicking on a web browser. Whereas before, that would have been far more complicated. And the other side of it as well, for my staff, it makes it easier for them to do their jobs quicker and easier with less complication. We've tried to work out how they can do their jobs and not make it more complicated. We were conscious that with all the legislation changes you get over the years, we just kept adding more and more onto our guys and you know you'd start a new member of staff off and you think where do i start training this person the list is getting is really long it started off with 10 things and now it's 50 things so we thought we've got to we've got to do something to change that so that's where it's all born from really
0: according to the acs local shop report only 74 percent of stores have an epos system does that surprise you
1: um yes and no um i i've read the reports myself um it's it shocks me because I genuinely don't know how we could run our business without EPOS these days. Um, and if I was to try and do it, I think the labour cost to us, the amount of stock inefficiency we'd have, I think it would it would be massively damaging. Um, EPOS has enabled us to grow our business, maximise our sales, analyse our wastages. I don't think realistically you should be running a modern convenience store without it. And I think people who aren't using it really need to sort of stop and think, maybe I need to make some changes because it is the way of the future.
0: What do you think is the main barrier for these retailers?
1: Um, I think, to be honest with you, um, I'd say it's um, probably a fear of technology. Um, I I see it all the time. Um, There's lots of very, very good retailers out there um, who have been doing the job for years. um, And technology is something scary, whereas, you know, the old sales ledgers and order sheets is something that can't break down, it can't give you corrupted, it can't have a virus, doesn't need the internet. So I totally understand why people use these older systems, but I think they need to understand the technology has got robust, it has got reliable, it is far more secure than people realise, and ultimately it's a massive time saver and it can help really generate some money. So I think it's just, it is generally a fear of technology. I think it's people not stepping out of, their comfort zone. And I think that's what we need to do more of, particularly in the independent sector, because that's what all the big retailers are doing. And the less, less of us that keep up, the less of us that will be around in the next 10 years.
0: Is the cost of technology a factor in these decisions?
1: Um, I think for some things, yes. Um, but I have to say there's a lot of stuff that we do. I mean, yes, just, you know, self-service tills for example, hugely expensive um, cost of entry to market. But Massive return if done rightly, but then there's other things that we do with you know Google Forms and um, Gmail and online to do lists um, that the cost is really very minimal. So I think I think people when they think of technology, they instantly think it's all about buying some big bit of equipment that's going to you know cost them a fortune and it might pay itself off over five years. When actually a lot of the technology changes that we've done in our business have been really small almost insignificant things, but they genuinely have a benefit. So I think it's a perception of the cost. Um, and I think people need to realise that actually, initial investments can save them in many more areas. So buying that computer, getting that internet line in, getting that Wi-Fi can lead to not just having EPOS ordering can lead to, you know, running a staff management system, it can Lead to better star communications as you know Wi-Fi for customers. These are all extra benefits that they don't see beyond that initial purchase, and I think people need to sort of look a bit further down the line than that initial um, investment cost.
0: You've mentioned self-service checkout several times now. Is that a step too far? The USP of convenience is the personal touch. Does that get lost if there's too much automation involved?
1: It's. um, Do you know what? It's one of the the biggest questions that people ask me about self-service tills. And do you know what? I think it's one of the biggest myths that's out there. Um, I think this perception that um, a convenience store's customer service is only met at that point of exit, at that till point. Um, We still have staff in our stores. Um, We have less staff than a lot of stores. But our staff are now on the shop floor. They're dealing with you know, the stock, the promotions, uh, the store standards. Um, and as a result, getting self-service in, um, our staff are actually on the shop floor. We don't have queues really anymore. Um, our staff are able to deal with our elderly customers. Um, we're able to talk to people. We're able to communicate better. It's more of a relaxed environment. My staff are less stressed. Um, I think this, this perception of selling a can of Coke um, is an example I use. You take a can of Coke off a customer, You scan it on your till, you hand it back to the customer, they tap their contactless payment card on the card terminal. Is that really customer service? Could the customer just scan it on your self-service till and do it themselves? Yeah, they could. And generally speaking, most of our customers tend to prefer to do that. So yeah, I think customer service is actually improved by self-service, not the other way around.
0: All this technology is pulling in a lot of data. Are retailers making the most of this data? And what can they do? How can they do more with it?
1: Uh, yes, there, there's almost too much data out there, so I think you've got to be careful. Um, I've also think you've got to be careful about being a busy bee and trying to do too much in your business. Um, we have, um, because of the data we've had, we've actually been able to analyse stuff and say, actually, should we be doing that? For example, one of our stores, we we made the tough decision to stop selling newspapers. Um, just we weren't doing enough numbers, we weren't covering our delivery costs. Um, I think. Without the data, we may have just carried on doing the same thing every day. Um, it's allowed us to change our ranges. Um, I think the important thing that I would say to people is that the tech is there to help you run your business. But at essence, what you are doing is running a convenience store and you need to keep that basic ESO in mind about having the right product on the shelf and available for your customers and as long as you don't get too lost in the social media and all the the quick gimmicks that come out along the lines that is the core of what you need to run Um, and the data out there does help you do it.
0: And Richard what's next for your stores in terms of technology?
1: Uh, Well we've we've been doing a lot of work on our staff training systems Um, I think that's the key to us Um, one of the things by having self-service in we've we have less staff in the business, but we're finding that we're not having to recruit quite so much because we're holding on to customers. So what we're finding out now is that ugh, we need to get our staff trained better than what they are, um, that my guys are very experienced, but you know there's lots of little things and um, we need to improve on those. So that's the main thing for us, I think, is probably going to be staff training um, and the the record keeping of that staff training because I think that's the other side of it as well it's all very well having a training system but if you don't actually know or recall what you've trained someone in or you don't have a regular system for it that's that can be complicated and what we're trying to do is build systems now that that just sort of also repeat these things every 12 months so we know what we're doing and we're kind of doing the same function year after year to make sure those standards are kept so I think that's what we're working on and the other side of it as well we're constantly trying to do a bit of improvement we're doing a little bit of work with a cctv supplier at the moment about seeing if we can improve our cctv recording quality further than what it is so we're doing a bit playing with it but some of the changes you get after a while become marginal um but no definitely it's it you've always got to keep going you can't just stop dead it's this business is evolving and you know the second we're not working on a project i I think we're probably not doing our jobs properly
0: finally i'm a retailer I have a decent ePUS system cctv i'm present on home delivery platforms and i have a bit of cash to spend what do you recommend
1: <laughs> uh, oh good question it depends I, I would say if you haven't got it maybe look at sort of facial recognition cameras that's something that we're getting into um and the other thing i would say we've looked at and worked really well for us is things like um introducing um ipads tablets and upgraded handhelds into the store um We've done far more with them than we first realised, and that's sort of helped our efficiency of our staff. So if you haven't got iPads, think about what that iPad could do for you and different ways in which it could be used, whether that be email, um, photos, um, handover sheets for staff. Um, We use them for wastage recording, things like that. So I'd say that's probably... The handheld tech is probably maybe a market that people should look a little bit more at. Um, and that would be a good area of investment. And honestly, I think the staff will love it because yeah, they're used to using it. They use it all the time at home. So why not use it in business? That's excellent advice, Richard. Thank you so much for your time.
0: So I think it's important to start with what Richard feels is an essential piece of technology for retailers, EPOS. I was quite surprised that one in four stores doesn't have an EPOS system. Um, I think there's going to be a common theme throughout the episode. It does represent an investment, but the information an EPOS system can provide and the time it can save, surely they're invaluable. What do you guys think?
2: I thought it was so true what he said about um, EPOS systems being the, the sort of modern convenience store and that it makes everything about the convenience experience so much smoother um, from sort of more intelligent uh, pricing to, to speed of service and that's just not even getting into the amount of insight and um, and data you can get from an EPOS system
3: that helps you justify your intuitions. I think the EPOS systems are invaluable and they really showed their worth when Booker had their website down for a couple of weeks uh, a couple of months ago and um, one of the retailers was telling me that thank god they had an EPOS system because a number of her fellow retailers didn't have an EPOS system and weren't able to place any orders via the website so I think you know there is absolute merit in having them and it, it is a Big proportion, 25 percent not to not to have one. And Lindsay,
0: do you think it's it's the cost factor? That's preventing them from investing in
3: it i had a look a quick look at how much the epos systems range from and there is a vast range in terms of pricing but i think most symbol groups now have a preferred supplier you would hope had had fairly reasonable contract with so I, from what i can tell from what you get from your epos system it, it's, it's it's worth its weight
0: as always these things can be taken a step further. One trend from the multiples that is slowly making its way into the sector is self-serve technology. This can be a bit contentious. Richard doesn't believe that it takes away the personal touch and he's not alone in this theory. Uh, One Stop recently trialed self-service checkouts and even though they said it was a success, they don't believe stores can completely be cashier free. And of course, this is something Amazon has attracted a lot of headlines about when it launched its stores in the UK. They're not the first to have this feature. Blani, do you think cashier stores have a place in the UK convenience sector?
2: Yeah, I really do. And I think that was such a good question that was raised about what is good service? Um, so is that, you know, having really informed staff who are friendly and helpful, or is it a, a quick speed of service? Because I think there is a sort of changing interpretation of, of what that means. Um, and it, it depends what kind of convenience store you are. So if we look at sort of managed convenience it, it's pretty much the same between staff being friendly and and having a quick speed of service but then symbols and indies actually value speed of service more highly than than staff friendliness um, so i think that actually it's it's a sort of changing nature about what good service really means
3: yeah and you can kind of see how far we've come in terms of our customer views on this as well Sainsbury's opened the first UK cashierless store back in 2019 and they scrapped the trial after three months saying all customers are ready for it For so they they didn't feel that all customers were totally ready for till-free shopping um but just you know a couple of years later and you have amazon goes popping up over the capital um and they they appear to be doing fairly well uh you know they have expansion plans outside of London, so perhaps there is something in that I, I don't think they're going to replace um the tills you know you've got age restricted items in convenience stores and, and you know there is going to need to be a, a place for someone at till point you would think um but yeah I, I think there is a is a place and I think as a as a customer base, we are getting there quite rapidly, aren't we?
2: I think you're so right about, about customer base and, and really knowing what kind of shoppers visit, what kind of convenience store. Um, So obviously retailers will really know their, their audience and, and their shoppers, but we see huge demographic differences in in sort of satisfaction ratings between staff friendliness and and different metrics like speed, um, and it is it, a cliche, but it's still true that that actually older consumers really do value that personal touch, um, and and helping them, and especially, um, yeah, consumers over fifty. So I think that you can't just totally revitalize a store and change what its USP is. Of course, we were speaking a couple of weeks ago about the importance of community involvement and a big part of that is is staff remembering your name and and getting a special item in for your order
3: yeah I think so I think so I mean my mum would be completely horrified if she went into a local convenience store and there was no cashier on the till totally horrified (laughs) (laughs) downloading an app no not not for her but I think we're gonna get there (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, I think it's 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 a balanced situation, and as you've both said, it's it's about knowing your customers. If you're a store near a train station where people are busy, yeah, it's probably more suited to a shop where Lindsay's mum is is, is is frequenting, So, uh, which is obviously the most important customer we have.
3: <laughs> um,
0: and C-Stores, they're, they're a tremendous source of employment. They provide more than 400,000 jobs in stores alone, um, but costs are rising. Um and there can be some concerns that technology could see staff cuts. Uh, further to a point that Richard made in the interview when OneStop completed its technology rollout. Um, it included electronic shelf edge labels and they really stressed that this wasn't a cost cutting measure, but rather an opportunity to free up staff to focus on customer service, which you, you both mentioned. Uh, I was recently at a spa store that had ESLs and they were set up to automatically flag to customers when a product was cheaper than the major multiples. And if you think about the time it would take for a staff member to go online, find that information, print it off, place it on a shelf for one product, that could be quite lengthy. So the automation on this is invaluable and frees them up uh, to do other things around and deal with customers, which is obviously their most important attribute. Uh, has a staff time-saving benefit been overlooked by some? I think
2: definitely if you can give staff something better to do than something that a computer can do once you've invested in your staff you know they're fully trained and they can they can exactly be extremely helpful you know faces of of the store then actually it's much better to have them investing their time in in something like that rather than just you know, updating the shelf edge labels.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it's more a redistribution of staff, isn't it? It's not necessarily cutting your staff, but I think as we evolve with tech, there's going to be different roles popping up, you know, social media manager um, coordinating a, a group of stores. There are going to be these roles um, in place that weren't in the convenience sector Um You know, 10 years ago. So I think we'll sort of roll with the times and and different positions will turn up and you'll have a staff base with totally different job titles to to what you may have done a decade before. I think one argument maybe for
2: is just the visibility of staff, though. I think that is probably something that would need to be protected in some way. You know, it it does mean that staff are on the shop floor. That if someone has a question or or, or needs to find a particular item, there is someone who's there and can help. So you need to be able to replicate that visibility in in some other way, which is not impossible, um, but but probably a challenge.
0: Well, there is technology you could implement where you could have you know touch screens with that type of information. But you know, is a uh, is a pandemic the right time to be introducing touchscreen technology for for customers? Uh, probably not. But um... Yeah, that's that's quite an interesting point. It's like yeah, if you don't have the staff behind the till, make sure they're seen on the on the shop floor. Well, it's tough to discuss technology without mentioning on-demand convenience and how it's grown since the start of 2020. Uh, it's obviously not going away, and retailers are investing more in their own platforms and working with third-party providers. And um, retailers have been forced to learn quite quickly when it comes to on, on the, on-demand convenience and introducing this innovation to store. Plenty. We've obviously discussed this at length in previous. Uh, episodes. But uh, how has on-demand changed?
2: Uh, Massively. I think we're seeing so many more consumers uh, take this up and store the apps onto their phone. And so many more retailers also adapt their offer. What they found is actually that they sell quite different products uh, through on-demand convenience uh, versus in-store. But then, you know, know, they know those shoppers. They know what uh, demand is going to be from that particular route to market so they can plan accordingly and, and use that data. Um, so I think the ones that I've spoken to have said that it's just been uh, incredibly beneficial to both
3: obviously the technology side but also their in-store offer. Yeah and sort of taking that holistic approach isn't it to, to the data that they are harvesting you know data is king and um, retailers are sort of coming at this from um it if you take Wiz and Getir and and the sort of the retailers that have built or building their businesses from a tech first perspective with with the retail aspect almost a as secondary retailers are coming at it from the other way um and i think it's about this when we come back to staffing about having the right people in the right place that they can analyze that data and they can they can provide sort of constructive uh, strategies going forward on on what what that data means and and how they can make the most in terms of pricing and increasing footfall and, and so on.
0: Lindsay, do you feel that they're making
3: the best use of this data right now? In a sweeping statement, I would probably say no.
0: And what could be done? What could be done to change that?
3: <laughs> I think it's getting more familiar with it. From the retailers I speak to, I think, um, you know, like Richard said, he's obviously very clued up um, on tech. He's very comfortable with tech, um, but I think there are a vast number of retailers who aren't as comfortable with tech. And I think it's about sort of confronting um, this new frontier, if you like, and using it to your advantage. You know, it's it's essentially information that can make the business more profitable. Um, and getting to grips with that, I think, will be really key. Yeah,
2: completely. And how you can combine different sorts of information. So uh, how they uh, sell different items at different times of day, just getting some data behind what many retailers have just sort of as intuition from from their stores and actually putting some evidence behind that or bringing in um, some secondary data. So uh, what impact does the temperature or weather have and how can they, they sort of demand plan and forecast what their sales will be? Um, All of that can be done through the systems. And I think that, you know, I'm sure even the most uh, technologically savvy retailer would say there's probably more they could
3: do there. Yeah. I mean, if, imagine if you could take all of that information and then, you know, it would generate your social media posts to alert people to new promotions um, and generate your marketing automatically. That would be that would save a huge amount of time, I think.
0: So, I mean, you've you've raised an interesting idea. How far can the industry go with this? I mean, I've seen examples in Japan where a, self, a shelf stacker is working at a head office wearing a virtual reality headset and controllers, and they're operating, you know, robot shelf stackers in a, any given store in the country to save on resources. Um, that may not hit the UK anytime soon, but what innovations can you both foresee in the UK convenience sector?
3: Uh, I think if you are adding value and personalizing the customer experience, you're going to be on to... Um, a- the right path really and and I think tech can really help this but one thing we probably haven't touched on which we should and Richard did rightly sort of raise it is how we use tech to tackle crime um and crime and convenience is um you know cost a fortune not to mention how damaging it is to uh to the retailers um and things like this facial recognition technology and um you can get Quite sophisticated systems out there, and the co-op are um, big advocates of um, CCom system that can um, it's sort of CCTV with with a mouthpiece, um, and I think using tech in that respect is is a really important thing to to bear in mind.
0: Uh, there's some really some really interesting insights out there. I mean, Lindsay, your point about using technology to prevent crime is is fascinating, and yeah, we. we it deserves a podcast in itself, perhaps.
3: <laughs> it sure does. It could go on and on. But um, yeah, I, I think the techies out there will keep developing, hopefully, reasonably rapidly and it will become more mainstream and more affordable as well, these tech solutions for, for mainstream retailers.
2: Yeah, I'd say like the different sorts of uh, technologies that are going on in, in Europe and, and other areas are really exciting So we're seeing um, new forms of self-payment, for example. So maybe it's sort of smaller, uh, more intelligent self-checkouts, something that can recognize a product when it's placed just both visually and it's by weight. And you can be presented with um, all these different fruits and vegetables, for example. Um, It scans and identifies, um, which is just a a hugely improved uh, consumer experience. Um, ways to pay with a uh, fingerprint scanning, um, for example, I think there, there are retailers in Belgium which are doing that already, um, which really takes um, takes what we know about sort of contactless payment a step further. And we're not that far off from a real sci-fi future. So we've got obviously delivery robots, micro fulfillment centers. Um, all of it is about um, ultimately making uh, the more mundane tasks easier
3: so people can focus on the the human skills. Mm, convenience is almost second guessing what people will want before they even know they want it. And I think that's where tech and AI can really come to life. Yeah, completely. And how can
2: how can sort of devices work within a store? So you've got cash registers, um, these packing devices, screens and, and robots sort of all interact and, and turn into these sort of self-learning systems. And that's, that means that sort of convenience stores or, or supermarkets can act in quite a similar way to, to web shops. Prices could be adjusted um, based on sort of local demand, best before date, for example. It all can be sort of intelligent and predictive.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the list is endless, isn't
2: it? It's an endless
0: brainstorm. The list may be endless, but our time in this episode is not. So I'm afraid that's all we have time for in this episode. Thank you again to my co-hosts, Blanny and Lindsay, as well as Richard Inglis for his insight. And don't forget to like and subscribe via your chosen podcast streaming platform and see you next month.